Welcome back to the Northeast Newscast. On this week's episode, we're joined by Representative Michael Johnson, who represents Missouri's District 23, which is parts of Northeast. The boundaries are changing a little bit with the recent redistricting, and we'll talk about that later on. But we're excited to have you here and excited to be represented by somebody who lives in Northeast. Thank you for having me. So for those who aren't familiar with you, give us a little background on how you got here. Oh, most definitely. Well, uh, I set out um, by one day getting off of work and just simply asking uh, a friend of mine, well, well, telling them that I actually wanted to do more. I wanted to give back more. I've always been uh, involved in uh, my community as far as giving back or, or helping with uh, our youth in those communities. And I just got off work one day. and I just stated that uh, to a friend that I want to do more. I want to give back. And I promise you, five minutes later, I received a phone call asking me to run for state representative from some of my close friends and family members. And so um, I told him, give me 24 hours to pray on it and think about it. Uh, I got off the phone with them. I prayed right there in the parking lot of my job, uh, called back. About five minutes after I prayed about it and said, let's go file the next day. So here we are. So uh, that that was something that I didn't see coming. Uh, but God will answer your calls, I guess. That's most definitely uh, a true testament of it. That's great. So this is your first elected office, right? Yes, this is my first time being elected to office. This is my second term, which I've run uh, unopposed. Congratulations on your recent win. I know you Thank were running you. unopposed, but the voters still turned out. <laughs> they did. did. And I most definitely appreciate that. And uh, it, it gives gives me an opportunity to continue to serve them as well. So in addition to your legislative duties, what what other jobs do you hold? Well, uh, by profession, I am a uh, insurance agent slash broker slash owner. Uh, and I uh, own the Johnson Hasley Agency LLC. Uh, which has been in existence since 2018. Prior to that, I worked for uh, my family's insurance company. Um, well, part of part of my family owned the company, uh, the McDaniel Hasley Group, MHG. So that gave me uh, a lot of experience to step out on my own and uh, get my feet wet. So longtime Kansas Cityans may be familiar with other public offices that your families have held. Yes. Tell us a little bit about how you first got introduced to the world of public service. Uh, as a child, I got introduced to the world of public service through my uncle, uh, my late uncle, um, the Honorable Charles Hasley, who was a city councilman in the third district for 21 years. And uh, I'm pretty sure that he's one of the reasons they, uh, him and a few other of uh, his, cons- his uh, colleagues are the reason that they put in some term limits. <laughs> so that was my first introduction as a child into uh, this political field. Sure. And now you live in the third district, right? Most definitely. Yes. What has made you want to stick around or maybe move back to the third district? Well, anytime that I've lived uh, in the state of Missouri or in Kansas City, I've only stayed in uh, the third district uh, slash the 23rd district uh, on the state side. So I'm very familiar with it. Uh, I've always... Uh, Felt as if though I've been a part of, of this district and community. I graduated from Northeast High School. Uh, my first apartment was at um, Pendleton Flats. Of course, it wasn't that then. Uh, when I first got out of the military, that was my first apartment 
upon returning back to Kansas City. Uh, so just always been here, have watched, have had an opportunity to watch it grow, uh, to watch uh, some business people leave the area, new business uh, people come into the area, watch us lose out on some opportunities to have contractors come in and do some great work uh, within our district. And to not see that happen and to see some of those contractors over the years end up going to jobs that they felt were less blighted or less of a hassle to deal with and possibly end up going downtown to uh, do a contract as opposed to helping us out here in the Northeast area. You know, the Northeast has such a collaborative spirit. There's always people who want to help each other out. The yeah. problem is when we need help from other people, it seems. Correct. Yes, this is such a melting pot of diversity and eth uh, ethnicity that I consider it a cornucopia of, of, of everyone from basically around the world. And so it is a different district by far. Uh, no other district has this much diversity at all. Uh, there's there's no comparison to it. And I think that the more opportunities we have to have doors open for these uh, uh, small businesses, these small businesses, I think that now we can start dealing with sustainability. And I think that that's very important, especially with uh, us being right next door to the egg, uh, which is very important at Northeast uh, Chamber of Commerce. So I do appreciate the opportunity to be able to uh, work with you, work with uh, our local businesses to make sure that we have a seat at the table at all times and especially moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, obviously there are reasons that I've moved here to Northeast, a large part of okay. that being working here at the Northeast News. Yes. What can we do to attract other people that value this community in the ways that we already have? Well, you know, I think that we and I think that we're in the process of doing it right now. And uh, a lot of that is um, we have a lot. We have a young industry of techies and uh, artists in this in this region. And what we need to have is places that allow them to flourish and thrive, not only residential areas, because a lot of times they don't want to necessarily just go downtown or it may not fit their uh, specific needs. And a lot of times, especially dealing with the art side of it, uh, a lot of things are grassroots. And so as long as we can establish, uh, if, as long as we can establish an incubator that allows these artists and these small businesses to flourish and then we can continue to grow it as far as residential and as far as business. And then we can have that sustainability that we need, especially here in the Northeast area. Sure. So talking, you know, about your first term in office, what were some of your priorities going in and then what were some of your successes? Okay. Uh, first got there. My priorities were basically to take notes, um, to uh, get a lay of the land per se, and to just, meet as many people as I could meet, uh, build a good rapport and great and good relationships and not to be stagnant, not to just play defense, but to be able to get across the aisles and try to get some some work done, uh, especially work that is needed, especially in our area. So one of the first things that I did was I took it upon myself to pay attention to what the governor's agendas agenda was when I first got there. And then from there, I tried to make sure that if there was anything that we had in common as far as his agenda, for me to simply make pieces of legislation for it that was beneficial to us. And I think that all uh, legislators should take take that into consideration, because if you already have someone as 
as your governor that has an agenda. And if you see anything uh, that is suitable for you to grasp hold of, to become a part of, that is going to be good for your district, then you might as well do it. And I was successful in doing that. And one of his things was broadband. And I am the only Democrat that sits on Senator Burlins' 820 bill. And not only am I the only Democrat, I'm the only black that is on that bill as well. I'm very proud of it. I know that it was something that we needed. Uh, ever since I first was campaigning, I saw two students at Northeast sitting on the steps in the winter. In the winter, in the snow, school was not in, but they wanted to be able to get a Wi-Fi signal to work. So they're working out in the elements. Uh, I stopped, uh, asked them a few questions. Uh, asked them would they be there for, you know, if they could give me 15 minutes, I'd be back with something that could possibly help them. So I took it upon myself to go buy them a hotspot. Uh, I'm still in touch with those two students. They're doing great in college. Uh, so that's what helped me spearhead that process of saying, hey, we got to do something about it. And then I also know that a lot of times we only speak about the disparity of the connectivity or the disadvantages of the connectivity that we don't have, especially in our unserved and underserved areas, uh, thus being one of them. So I took it upon myself to say that it's a bigger issue than just the connectivity, but there's a chance for sustainability, economic sustainability, because these are jobs that we're talking about uh, when we talk about our um, digital deficit. These are opportunities for um, mental and healthcare. Uh, through uh, being able to have telehealth. Uh, this is an opportunity to connect the connectivity with families, friends, uh, grandparents, those that are ill in the hospital, those that are in nursing homes. It gives us a opportunity to see them, especially during the, the pandemic where you're not allowed into a lot of these facilities. So it gives us an opportunity to put our eyes on the ones that we love as well. So in a whole spectrum of it, I think that it was just bigger than just being connected, but I think it'll also give us a place at the table as far as uh, workforce development and, and, and building better uh situations and training facilities and places where we can have our youth go that they can, after uh, graduating or being certified, then they can have a seat at that table of sustainability as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like often um, when I've reported on broadband in other communities, they've been rural. Yeah. Here in Northeast, uh -huh. I mean, I didn't realize how bad some of the connectivity problems oh, were yes. until I was sitting in a meeting last week with the Truman Road CID. Okay. And the police said, we can't have security cameras. We don't get internet over there. And I said, wow. yikes. Wow. <laughs> That's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, you know what? And we see that often. We even have it at the Capitol. Uh, you know, we have a, a, a very old building and uh, with the majority of it being made out of stone, it is very, very difficult at times for us to receive a good Wi-Fi connection. So, I look at it as what better example to lead from, from us not being able to have a great uh, sense of connectivity at, in, in our workplace. So it, but it makes our work even stagnant at times. So I think that is what's needed. I think that uh, it's an opportunity still down this pipeline for us to grow an even larger consumption of connectivity through broadband. And so I'll, I'll always, broadband will always be my baby. So that was one, one of the first things that I did uh, at the Capitol, I'm very, 
very, very proud of. That and as well as co-sponsoring some other bills as well. Right now, when you spoke about the rural part of broadband, uh, we are trying to partner with um, Representative Lewis Riggs, who is the special committee chairman of broadband at Jefferson City, in Jefferson City. Uh, he is out of Hannibal, Missouri. We are putting together some things with William Wells, Steam Village, um, and Casey Digital to be able to go into these rural areas, allow the students to show them and teach them how to set up broadband, how to wire up uh, brick and mortars, and how to provide the connectivity that they've also lacked in these areas, and then grow it uh, throughout the whole state of Missouri. And then from there, maybe it's something that we can have mirrored on a national scale. That's awesome. And to add in that job craning component just makes it even better. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Shamika's Online Market in Delhi, offering catering and nationwide shipping at shamikasonline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City. Shamika's, where customers become friends and friends become family. From classics to campers, hot rods to hoopties, Seaberg Muffler. Your exhaust headquarters since 1974. Armor Road in Burlington in North Kansas City, Missouri. And now back to the newscast. So going into your new term, you mm-hmm. know, going back to Jeff City, what are what are some things you're going to continue working on and what are some you know new projects you're going to take on? OK, well, of course, we're going to still uh, uh, expand on broadband. But from there, we're also going to make sure that we do a lot with public safety. And uh, I think that that's very important. And now that we have a new uh, police chief, maybe we can start over as far as uh, as far as relationship wise, uh, not only uh, uh, with some elected officials, but with uh, with our public as well, uh, where we can kind of deprogram in order to reprogram as far as our relationship is concerned. And I think that this is a great opportunity. Um, I'm not I'm not at all opposed to having uh, a woman police chief. And I think that it is going to be great. I think that something different is needed. And I think that we can get a lot of things done. And I think that it starts now uh, with us building that new relationship. Another thing that I am uh, very fond of is public safety, uh, especially with all of the events that we have coming up, uh, the NFL draft, um, the World Cup, um, just things of that nature. Um, and especially right down the street from us, we have the only all women's soccer stadium being built in the world. Yes. <laughs> so we are ahead of those that uh, are trying to follow suit. And so this is a opportunity for us to show the commitment that we have, not only to the Kansas City area, but also to our women, uh, our women that are in the professional athletic field and to show support for them uh, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be good, especially from the, in the in the area which they have uh, chosen to build. I think it's going to be remarkable. I think it's going to be one of a kind, and I can't wait. I look forward to it. Talking about you know the new KC Current Stadium and also the potential for a downtown Royal Stadium, how can the twenty third district leverage those things into you know opportunities for our district to benefit from them? Okay, well, uh, I think that we need to, first of all, we need to hear more. Uh, we need to have more meetings with uh, with ownership and management of the Kansas City Royals so that we make sure that we are uh, 
that we have transparency in those conversations because, you know, it's it for something that big, uh, you're going to have people that are excited about it, that do want it. And then you're going to have some that may not. What we have to, what I'm more concerned with is working it out to we, where we have that happy medium to where everybody says, now this is where we need to be and able to do this. So whatever that takes is what I want to see to make sure that we're doing the right thing, not just for the businesses, but for the people here in the state of Missouri. So looking at your new district map, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. It's shifted quite a bit in terms of which Northeast neighborhoods you represent. Right. Now um, you represent parts of Pendleton Heights, which, and parts of downtown inside the loop, which is interesting. Yes. Uh, A lot different from the demographic of Sheffield, South Indian Mound, those types of things that you had before. Yes. Well, I I tell you what, uh, it's still a learning process. Okay. I want to be the first to tell you that. Uh, But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy. And and uh, I'm I'm ready for the the change. You know, I have some of my constituents uh, that don't like it, but I'm I'm not afraid of it. You know, uh, as far as even like uh, with Beacon Hill, uh, a few people uh, residents there are my clients, so I already have something established there. Then I've had an opportunity to bump into a lot of them while they were having an HOA meeting at the combine um, right on truce at the Wonder Bread loss. So I introduced myself to them during their meeting. I don't think I'll have a problem at all. Um, I, I work with University Health all the time. That's right behind them. Uh, we work with the health department all the time, which is right behind them as well. So I look forward to the demographics that are different uh, and me getting an opportunity to get out, establish myself, Uh, introduce myself to the community, my new found district, and just make the best of it. And then also that we have to have transparency to let uh, our old constituents know who their new state representatives are as well. Yeah, I know there's a little confusion during election season. People not recognizing names on the ballots, things like that because of the district changes. But, you know, people here in Northeast get stuck in their ways. Yes, most definitely. (laughs) When you have a historic community... Yes. We're used to the way things are. Set in stone. <laughs> that's great. So talk to me a little bit about your committee assignments, what you guys are working on in those. Obviously, you're on the insurance committee. Yes. Uh, and that's that's uh, big for me. Uh, there's so many uh, different avenues that we can take and, and approach with the insurance. One of the pieces of legislation that I had last year that I'm going to follow up on this year because I did have a hearing on it. So. I look to press forward this year is to make sure we're, we're running out of insurance agents just everywhere nationally. Uh, uh, so one of the most important things to me is to make sure that we reestablish a platform that allows us to grow our agents. So piece of legislation that I started was this should be in vocational training. Okay. And what can that do? You said, Hmm, well, Insurance, uh, getting your insurance license while you're still in high school or going into uh, JUCO or into college. What it can do is it can combat it can combat your financial debt that you incur throughout higher education. There, there's no other um, there's no other careers that allow you without having a college education to make the type of money that you can earn in this field. Uh, there's nothing else like it. So with that being said, 
I can see that how we can help students who uh, are struggling as far as paying uh, to be in these uh, educational institutions. So I think that it'll be great for that. But not only that, it'll build what is needed as far as an incubator of young, prosperous agents that are ready to flourish. I think that Throughout society, the same way that uh, like with uh, Medicare, when we talked about baby boomers, the world, everything is has a baby boomer and they're on their way into retirement or into a next phase of their life where they're no longer doing that. So I think it's important for us to be able to refill those gaps. Yeah, absolutely. And thinking of schools like, you know, Manual Tech, which is on yes. Truman Road and the programs they have at Northeast High School mm-hmm. to get kids prepared for other avenues besides college. Yes. It's really cool to see and be able to watch those grow. Um, and then we talk about things like Northeast High School potentially being closed and yeah. repurposed. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? And, you know, the way that it's been serving the community for all these years. OK, well, of course, of course, it hurt. All right. First and foremost, do I understand that the education system is a business? First and foremost, me as an elected official, I don't like to use the word politician uh, as a statesman or an elected official. I understand that in order for me to be productive, I look at it like this. And not only because I'm a businessman myself, but it's business, then politics. If you work out the business side of it, then that all be aligned. It'll fall in line because as a politician or an elected official or a statesman or stateswoman, what are you doing? You are handling business with small businesses, non-for-profit organizations, churches, uh, big business, big corporations. uh, And you're dealing with these uh, entities that are for-profit a lot of times. And so if you can handle the business side of it first, then I think that everything else will align itself correctly. But I think if you go in and you're just uh, maybe too rah-rah or um, if you don't see the business side of it, then you just, you may just be an activist, you know, and I don't know how much work you can get done that way. So I prefer to, to do it this way because it's been working for me. So I'll I'll continue down the path of making sure that I put the business side of it first. And I'm not saying that that's going to be the approach that everyone needs to take. But I guarantee you that if you want to get some things done, that you need to be business minded uh, as an elected official. Sure. You know, as you are heading into what your third year now of being elected official, Mm -hmm. Do you have larger plans for the future? Do you plan to pursue other offices or are you happy as a state rep? I am. I am happy right now as a state rep. Uh, um, let me see. How can I put this? I have I have had uh, colleagues and uh, constituents tell me that, no, you, you're doing the right thing and that we have a future for you. Uh, some say in the Senate. Some have said in the city council. Um, I can see it's. I can see me uh, doing this on a on a grander scale or with more longevity down the road as long as I personally keep the reason why I'm doing it intact. And that's just out of the love of the people that I get to represent. Nothing more, nothing less. I have no hidden agendas. Uh, I just do it out of love. I, I took a nice pay cut to do it, so it's out of love. And um, I also realized that uh, 
it's more of a blessing uh, to be able to serve others than just to serve yourself. And I also know that God and my children are watching. So I want to make a difference. I want, and all my friends and, and family, I want them to, to be able to say, hey, if he can do it, we can do it. And that's really what it's all about. How has serving this office changed your perspective? I tell you what, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I thought that it would change my perspective even more because I've, I have not been hit with the, the culture shock or the shock of, or the awe of being in the Capitol. It's business. It's business. And as long as I handle myself as a business professional, I think that um, it'll, it'll be more beneficial to me as opposed to saying, hey, you know what? The sky's the limit. No, it's one step, one foot in front of the other, one day at a time. Uh, and as long as we're being productive and we have goals, because without goals, we can't succeed. And I always feel as if, though, that you have to plan your work and work your plan. So all I'm doing right now is I'm just checking off the boxes, one box at a time. And so there, there is no real uh, more grand scale for me right now. It's just to serve the best I can where I'm at in the position that I am. And then when the opportunity comes, because there's no such thing as luck, there's preparation and opportunity. So if I'm prepared and the opportunity comes because people are watching, then I'll take it up from there. But between me and you personally, I can see me being effective here at the city level as well. Sure. You know, uh, with it, with being a business minded uh, person and a business owner and also uh, being on the economic development development committee has helped me a lot as well. I've always kind of known through being around a family full of elected officials, how these things work and how quickly they can change. And how quickly the verbiage and language can change. So it's just adhering to those things and knowing that, okay, um, you have you have a seat at the table that has place value. Now just use it correctly. Yeah. What is one thing you wish your colleagues in Jeff City understood about the 23rd District? I wish that they knew that it probably had more history than any other district in this, almost in this whole state of Missouri. I wish they knew that. I wish that they knew that uh, if they could read about 1850 in Missouri and where a lot of the industrial uh, from the east side to the northeast side were started. Uh, it's just so much. It's a it's a plethora of history. It's a cornucopia of 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 uh, hard workers, blue collared uh, individuals that came together. And they need to know that they're so willing to work with each other. They're not pitted against each other. You know, uh, I've watched small businesses here uh, work with one another. One may receive a grant and then the other businesses will come out and help. And then when the next business received a grant, that business will come out and help. And those were some of the things that I spoke about last time when we met um, at the chamber was talking about adopt adoptability and being able to adopt a new business, old business, adopting a new business and making sure that they flourish and don't go through the trials and tribulations that they went through. Then also, uh, I mentioned when we have baby showers, we have to have business showers. We have to make sure that we have more than enough resources for these businesses. Now we're talking sustainability. And if we're not talking sustainability, I don't know what we're talking because who wants to see a business that is needed in your community be there for six months and then gone and then all of the patrons are like, what happened? 
when we can have a business incubator that allows us to make sure that these businesses flourish. When their brick and mortars are hit, uh, heat and cooling, heating and cooling, uh, plumbing, uh, need windows, whatever the situation may be, we don't. We should have something in place where we're giving back 2% out of those businesses annually to put into our own funds to where we don't have to wait on the state, the city, or the county and grants to grant us monies for these things to be done. So I think we'll get more done by being able to do that because when you go to the city, the state, or the county, they're going to say, well, has the city given anything? Has the county given anything? And they'll they'll go back and forth with that. But if we say, no, we uh, no one's given anything, but we, this is what we've given. Now, are you all willing to help? So we're not at, we're not just going for an ask. We're saying, look what we're already doing. And uh, I like to, I like to use this terminology with it. I don't want to be at the state level asking for kibbles and bits. I want to ask for hunks and chunks, but I want to be able to ask for hunks and chunks because we're already doing the work. Yeah, I think that's great. And, you know, this year, the 23rd District inherited one of Northeast's oldest businesses when the Northeast News moved here to yes. the egg. Yes. Uh, 91 years in business. Yes. And now we're in the 23rd District. Yes. And I tell you what, uh, congratulations. First of all, I knew I can't think of his name. When I first got back from the military and I moved uh, down here, I was pretty cool with the grandson of the original owners of the paper. Oh, that's great. And so I've always had a connection with uh, with the Northeast paper, with this community. And so it just feels natural. You know, it does, it's, it's very organic. Uh, I like to be able to walk throughout my district. Um, Considering I only live minutes from here. You could have walked here today if it wasn't if so it cold. Wasn't so nippy. <laughs> Correct. So uh with that being said, just the 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 camaraderie and the love that the people show and to get away from the stigma that's been placed on us because of the things that we've been going through in our past. But if they would come and spend time, they'd see the difference and they can see the growth. And I think that that's what we need to measure. Uh, not only in our educational system, but in our business system as well. Let's not just let's let in the education. Let's not just measure test scores. Let's measure growth. And in the business world, let's not just measure the profit. Let's measure the growth, the effectiveness of the company, what they're doing for their community. Are they giving back? See, it's one thing just to pay your taxes as a business owner, but it's another thing to be a part of the community and give back to it as well. Well, this is undoubtedly a special place to live, and I'm glad that we get to share that as neighbors and also, um, you know, both be part of this business community here. Most definitely. Thank you. Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, just that we're going to work on great pieces of legislation that uh, are most definitely going to be effective for uh, my district and the 23rd district and the Northeast area as well. I think that it is very important that um, when you are in a, an elected official seat, on the state level that you don't forget about certain parts of your district. It's fine to hone in on the part that maybe you were from or, or that you live in now. But see, the beauty about me is not only do I live here now, I'm from here. So I think that it's very important that you utilize any opportunity that you have to know your whole district, especially since we just went through um, the redistricting. I think that it's very important for all elected officials to go out and meet their constituents, because even if you think everybody knows who you are, they may not. <laughs> and if people want to keep up with what you're doing in Jeff City, where should they follow you? Uh, they can go to my website or they can go uh, they can look us look me up at uh, 
Michael Dot Johnson at house uh at house at house.mo.gov. Okay, so they can do that or they can reach me on my social media platforms or they can also go to my website, uh, Michael from Missouri. Sounds good. Yep. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Thank you for having me. 